When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Lakers Fast Break Podcast. I am your host, Sean Grace, a.k.a. The Magic Man. I want to welcome you into our humble abode um, to discuss this uh, night's matchup between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Los Angeles Lakers. Unfortunately, it didn't go our way. Um, Lakers really didn't decide to show up, only LJ Figueroa. Uh, who had the dunk of the summer league, by the way, decided to show up for the Lakers. It was an interesting game. We all thought that, um, you know, it was going to be a good test, sub-search. It was going to be a good litmus test, Rorschach test, whatever kind of description you want to put on it for uh, Colin Castleton playing against Kenny Lofton Jr. And Kenny Lofton Jr. is a big boy. He's got he's a thick body. Um, big hips. Uh, it was going to be a good test for Colin to see if uh, he was ready against, you know, an NBA ready body. And uh, unfortunately, Colin struggled tonight. He really did. Colin, yeah, we all look bad. We all look bad, Serge. Yeah, we did. Uh, but Colin particularly looked looked like he was struggling against Kenny Lofton Jr. And you know, as we said. Colin has all the outlines of uh, a great basketball player in him. It's just given his size, 6'11", and he's got to be, you know, maybe maybe 200 pounds, right? I really think it would behoove him to get in um, the weight room and uh, eat a lot of red meat and beans because he's going to need a stronger body. And that will happen, obviously, but he's going to need a stronger body and uh, he'll be able to uh, contribute. But this is why we signed all these guys, right? Nobody comes into a summer league with a with a perfect uh, array of 12 to 15, 21-year-olds. It just doesn't happen. Uh, Jalen Hood Shafino struggled tonight as well. Uh, his three pointer, I guess he he fell in love with it a little bit too much in that second game, and uh, you know he's been struggling. I think he's shooting less than less than fifteen percent from three in the the four summer league games. It's been it's been um, it's been hard. Um, a couple of bright spots tonight. I mean, you know, <clears throat> LJ Figueroa had the dunk of the evening. That was tremendous. Like it, we were down, it felt like we were down maybe 12 to 15 points all night, but we were really down 30. Um, it was a really strange game. Memphis was hitting everything in sight. 
in the first half. The Lakers just were were not up to snuff. Kenny Lofton Jr., uh, Jack Laravia, and you know Gigi Jackson all had great games. You know, it would have been nice for J.D. Dubois to uh, play Max Lewis and Shafino more. I'm not sure why he decided it, but nobody played over 30 minutes. I think Castleton and Hood uh, Shafino were, were the leaders, I think 26, 28 minutes apiece. So, I mean, it was in like a lion, out like a lamb for the Lakers this summer league. Two and two, good and bad from this summer league, I would say. Max Lewis has a lot to work on, and so does Jalen Hushafino, and so does Colin Castleton, and so does Demoy Hodge, because Hodge's shot wasn't falling tonight. So we've got four really young guys, but we also have four really interesting prospects that we need to keep a level head about, and search is right. You know, we can't be too hard on these young men. They're trying their best. It's a new environment. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're probably still uh, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed to some aspects as it regards to just day-to-day. What do you do? What's your workout routine like? How do you handle days off? This is all new to them. So, you know, it's it's going to be a struggle for everybody. But mixed results. I, uh, I wasn't too impressed with um, Coach Dubois' um, Sets, you know, I, I I realize that it's just summer league, but you know, Dubois is running is running sets and and personnel that that Ham is running himself at the big squad. So I just didn't didn't really wasn't really a fan of Dubois this summer. Um, but you know, it is what it is. He's part of the staff, so hopefully, um, he, it was a learning experience for him as well and uh, the Lakers adjust so look guys it, it didn't really feel joe is right it didn't really feel like we had an off season it it, it hasn't really felt that way at all because we went straight from losing in the final uh, western conference finals watch the finals it just felt like boom 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 everything happened at once all the news and then free agency happened and that was a big that was a big uh kerfuffle and then now summer league so now we move into like an actual off season so we're in the middle of july here and training camp's not gonna start till like the end of september so we're looking at a good two months off with no basketball so hopefully everybody everybody gets their minds right for those eight weeks comes back strong and is ready to go um i'd really Hope that they're going to give uh, a train camp invite to Damian Ba. Ba played well enough. I think he's earned a, a camp invite. LJ Figueroa has has history with the um, with the South Bay Lakers. So I, I wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, LJ gets a lot of burn again in the G League. Um, he could really sprout this year. You never know with these guys. But it, it just seemed like he had a really um, breakout performance, so to speak, felt confident. Like after the dunk, he was doing the whole King Kong. You know, you can't, uh, given the I'm too small to Kenny Lofter Jr., which, you know, that's confidence, young man. That's confidence. I like that. You know, Alex Fudge is still on Exhibit 10, but, I mean, Alex Fudge and, and 
Stone Hansen brought this up. It's Alex Fudge was the most frustrating offensive player to watch for him in college, and I understand why, because in all the summer leagues of all the years, I haven't seen a player who just is diametrically opposed on both ends. It's almost as if Alex Fudge has all the elements of an incredible defender and none of the elements of even an average offensive player. It's strange. It's really strange, but I think he's stuck as an Exhibit 10 guy. And who knows? Um, I don't think he'll gain any traction with us as far as making the big squad, given the fact that we already have three guys under two ways right now, and he's looking up at all of them. Um, I'd be really surprised, really surprised if we kept Cole Swider as a two-way I wouldn't be shocked if we had three two ways and kept that roster spot open. I'd just be really surprised if the third two way was Cole Swider. I think Colin and Demois uh, two ways are secured. I'm just I, I would look for another another body. Um, you know, Cole's been a great contributor. Uh, I just feel that. Um, what's up, guys? You know, I'm running solo tonight. I'm trying to do my best, so we'll just keep on plugging away. Yeah, yeah, Search. I mean, Cole, he's he's a, he's a worker, and he, he tries really hard, but he's just very limited on both ends of the floor. If he can't shoot, he shouldn't be playing. So today was a struggle for him as well. I think, um, you know, Cole Swider and Scotty Pippett Jr. are probably not going to be uh, with the Lakers come training camp. I'd be very surprised if either one of them was on the on the active roster. We're probably going to see a couple more camp invites. We might see another signing or two. Yeah, yeah, Buck. We we went over that. You can't have the two ways. Yep, you can only have the the two. But we'll see if that roster spot remains open or not. Um, moving forward, uh, free smoke. What's up? Welcome to the chat. Castleton isn't ready yet. Need to sign another big. Yeah, they do. Colin is, uh, as I said earlier, he's got the outlines of a very good player. He's got the skills. He's got the requisite IQ and he's got the, the want he does. It's just the body isn't ready yet. The body is just not there yet. So it's just, it's, it is what it is right now. I think Colin just needs a year of develop, of body development and playing time. And he'll get that in South Bay. He won't get that on the Lakers. He won't be playing a lot if he was on the, the Lakers roster. So um, barring, uh, you know, him coming in a training camp um, with a fury, I would say, you know, Colin, Colin's a really great, prospect but he's just not ready for the big time yet just looking for like max christie you can see how much they missed him on the floor tonight i mean you know he's he's an integral part a second year player but we missed him and best to just shut him down not risking injury so those those hip strains are really weird they can they can be prolonged a hip strain can go on for like months depend depending on how bad it is so Best to just uh, shut him down <clears throat> and get ready for training camp. 
Hey, Buck, yeah, I, you know what? I I do. I like Fudge and Hodge a lot, but like I was saying, like, like Fudge to me is like the, like, the most diametrically opposed athlete I've ever seen on the NBA floor, honestly. Like, has all the characteristics and uh, attributes for a great defender. He's long, he's lean, he's fast, covers a lot of ground, makes up for other mistakes, uh, very, very high IQ basketball player on the defensive end, can't finish on the offensive end to save his life. Um, you know, I, I it'd be hard-pressed to find uh, an offensive player who's lim- more limited than Wendy and Gabriel, but that might be Alex Fudge. But I love his defense, and if he, he improves just even a little bit uh, offensively, I think he could find his way onto an NBA roster. As far as, as, far as the summer league goes, I would overall, I'd give the Lakers a C. I think the first two games were really great, and uh, they played very well. Just these last six quarters been a little disappointing. Um, got barnstormed by Boston that second half, and then you just get a train run over you tonight. Um, but Memphis wasn't wasn't missing from three. I think they had like something something ungodly like seventeen, eighteen threes tonight. Lakers only had seven or eight. So Memphis, Memphis just outshot the Lakers, and I mean a lot of the a lot of the guys on their summer league squad, like the Roddies, the Lofton Juniors, they've been there before. Like those are two year players right there. The Lakers really only had Max Christie. That was it. You know, dealing with rookies, you look like rookies against players who have more experience. It's just the way it goes, and. I understand, and we go back to Colin, right? We all love Colin, but nobody wants to see Colin embarrassed this year, and that's what would happen if he played against actual NBA players. Like, his body isn't ready. He would get embarrassed. Nobody wants to see that happen to the kid. So best to bulk up, get a lot of run in the G League, and come back stronger uh, next summer. That's what I think. I think... And I would say that for Max Lewis, too. I would say this year is a development year for both of those guys. They need to get a little stronger each. Like Lewis already put on 12 pounds of muscle, but he's getting pushed out of the way a a lot on the floor. That's what I'm seeing, too. He's really not playing a lot with Jalen Hood, Shafino, and Christie. Because he wasn't he wasn't being a physical presence that he was at Pepperdine, so he needs to continue on with that progress. But I really liked a lot of a lot of the stuff we saw. There's more positive than negative with this summer league squad. Uh, you know, we are not the Toronto Raptors. We are not, <laughs> we didn't go zero four. We don't have a bad team. Uh, we've just got young guys that we are not ready to be put in prime positions yet. Fair enough. That's what the G League is for. That's what our player development is for. And, you know, there are only like five teams in the NBA that have strong player development and scouting development, and then you get players to the NBA, okay? The Heat are one. Spurs are one. The Thunder are one. Then you could... Put in the Warriors and the Lakers. 
those are the five teams that scout, draft, develop, and have rotational NBA players. Everybody else is just second tier. Those five teams are the top tier teams. So our summer record so far until two and two. Two and two. No, we're two and two, Henry. We're two and two. Yeah, so obviously we're not going to be making the playoffs in the summer league. That's going to be, um, I believe it's Cleveland, Houston, uh, Utah, and I believe somebody else. I, I think the fourth team is yet to be determined. But but those, <laughs> but those are those are the playoffs as of right now. But good on the guys. I'm glad they they had this experience. We often get criticized or uh, pushback because you know we're a little too hard on the young players. But you know what? You guys come here, yes, for the real talk. We give you the real talk. Sometimes we're not as um, mindful that, uh, you know, they are, you know, just it's a 20-year-old kid and it's a new experience. But you know what? This is professional sports and you're going to be judged every time you put on the uniform and go out there. And that's our job, too. And a lot of the guys have shown a lot of progress. Max Christie deserves to be a rotational player on the Lakers. That is unquestionable right now, okay? He has, to me, he's sewn up that backup uh, off-guard spot. He shot consistently enough to prove that he could stay on the floor. His defense has improved. And he's added uh, a distribute a, a very nice facilitation role to his game. Now, I don't expect him to be a secondary playmaker in the vein of, you know, another off guard like um, Malcolm Brogdon or Spencer Dinwiddie, but he he is capable of uh, of finding the open man. I think it's it's a little it's going to be an underutilized skill only because he's coming off the bench. But Max Christie has shown he's become like a three-tool player now. He could shoot, he could distribute, uh, he could be a secondary ball handler and a secondary perimeter defender. So I think Max Christie is going to find himself getting the minutes that he wants this year. To me, that's that's the only sure thing after the summer league is that Max Christie is ready to go as a rotational player. I think he's going to force Darvin Ham's hand and ham is going to be forced to play him a lot i think he's going to have to play him a lot you know still six five off guard max provides a lot of versatility if he if he continues to get stronger and he could show himself that he can he can defend bigger twos or even smaller threes then that opens up a myriad of roles for him on this team. If he's 6'5", if you can defend smaller threes uh, or bigger twos, especially with uh, the combination of Gabe Vincent or Austin Reeves and D'Lo, that is prime, prime advantageous roles for the Lakers because they run deep then on the perimeter. And that's going to be a good thing, ladies and gentlemen when we're deciding who's going to get the lion's share of minutes, but it's going to be slow and steady. Everybody's got to, got to pick up, got to pick up the pace. And we're going to be without basketball for eight weeks. So I'm going to be Jones and pretty bad. 
Jones and pretty bad. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that, and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. As we move forward, honestly, there wasn't any real standouts. Everybody kind of played their particular role. I mean, Hood Shafino, everybody was kind of, uh, I I guess, was underwhelmed those first two games. So maybe... As far as um, development goes, I would put like like Jalen Hood Shafino needs the most work. Then it's Colin and Max Lewis. Then they need the most most work, right? Yeah, we could always we, we could always do Lakers trivia, guys. Yep, Intel Christie will definitely will have a long NBA career. I think so. I think so. Get given given the the elements in today's game and. Um, the, the way it's it's required that an off guard an off guard in the NBA needs to do more than just be three and D anymore. That's like that's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough to be a big and shoot threes anymore. Can can you put the ball on the floor and start the um half court sets again? Are you able to create your own shot? Like there are a myriad of of uh, characteristics that teams are looking for now in both the guard and uh, wing spots, and you better be able to do something more than just shoot and defend. That's not enough anymore. Intel, Magic Man, your thoughts on who are we going to get to guard Joker? <clears throat> yeah, so I right now, Intel, because it's just the way it is, I, I would put AD on him. That being said, there has to there has to be. Um, I think you have to have more of a team concept with him. I, I, I think just AD one on one just not going to do it anymore. So I, I think right now it's going to be AD who will be guarding Joker now. <laughs> Joker is a superior offensive player. Like I know, I know Joe Soro Joe and a lot of uh, a lot of other um, NBA enthusiasts out there kind of pause about where to put uh, Jokic on an elite level as far as centers go. He's top ten all time for me, um, no question. Uh, and he's a top five offensive center of all time. So. there's nothing embarrassing or humiliating about him making you look bad. I just thought that the Lakers just ran out of gas until, and, you know, unfortunately the help defense just was not there for AD on, uh, on Jokic. It just was not there. And uh, as we move on, Lakers finished two and two, won their first two games and um, lost the last two. The second half to Boston, the second half to in Boston 
was not as bad. Uh, excuse me, the first half. The second half was terrible. And um, this game, they decided not to even show up. So I'm not sure if it's a case of they want, just want to go home early. They just uh, going through the motions or whether or not they, it was just a case of Dubois uh, being out coached. I'm not sure what it was, but Roddy, uh, Gigi Jackson, and Kenny Lofton Jr. all showed up tonight in big ways. I think Memphis is a lot better than they were last year, and I think they're going to prove it throughout the year. Uh, yeah, not having a backup point guard may hurt them down the road, but I'm sure they can resolve that through the, the trade market. Scarlet and Blue says, Hood Shafino in the. Well, yeah, he does. He does need time in the G League, but I, I, again, I don't want anybody to kind of misinterpret what that means. All that means is he's not exactly ready for prime time. There's no shame in that. It, 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 this isn't a case of Anthony Bennett or Hashim Thabit going back to the G League because you were a number one or number two pick. This kid was a number 17 pick. If he goes to the G League, that's not a strike against him. Hello, Joe. Welcome. I didn't have a chance to plug Sin Blades because you weren't here. It's okay. And I'm not going to – I don't have time to memorize Gerald's uh, monologue. Yeah, it's uh, – you know, you tr just when you think you're out, you, you, they bring, it, this brings you back in. I can't not be on the show. It's hard. <laughs> Even when I have guests and I have activity going on around me, Lakers fast break is just a, a priority in my life, and I have to. I, I just gotta. I got. We gotta be here. I, I'm not si sipping on tequila right now until it's actually whiskey. So, <laughs> tequila, tequila usually is the is the shot drink for me. Uh, Silver Patron, something like that. Uh, right now, I'm just trying to smooth it out until we get into the into the real stuff here in about an hour or so. Yeah, so welcome, Joe. Uh, Lakers lost uh, 169, and uh, we've just been uh, basically going through the motions on um, what overall our impressions of the summer league were. I gave the team overall a C. Yeah, that's probably the the a, a, a fair grade considering how bad they played the last uh, six game, quarters. Yeah, game and a half. It was it was pretty. Wow, yeah, they were down 12 nothing when I first started watching the game, and then I had to shift a little bit. And then I, when I got back and uh, was able to discuss some of the stuff on playback, it was it, it was weird. I it didn't feel like they were getting blown up because the Lakers were making some good plays. But what I did realize was for every one good play, which was you know Figueroa coming out of nowhere doing what he was doing, uh, they were making three shots so it was three shots for every one shot we would make but because we're we were still off the high of the previous play we weren't even paying attention and they had absolutely no defense towards the <laughs> the protect the basket i felt like it was a layup line the entire game yeah it was no. and it was and, and an another another um nugget that that we've all discovered joe is colin Caston isn't ready for prime time yet He's uh, he's got the 
he's got the outlines of a very good basketball player. Like he looks like a basketball player, plays like a really good basketball player, has a requisite IQ, uh, very good instincts. But the body is the body and the mind are just they're separate right now. So he's got a. I was saying I think this next year is a development year for Colin Castleton and Max Lewis. I think they both spend the next year developing their bodies, developing their games, and then trying to prepare themselves for maybe maybe playing in the NBA in the 2024-2025 season. Yeah, I'd say Castleton has uh, the potential of becoming a serviceable player. The Lakers are in a – they haven't been in this position, I would say, since two, 20, 2021. Mm-hmm. They have pretty much have their roster set. I think their talent's a little bit be- better even in 2021 to some degree. I mean, some would argue that because you had Caruso, you had KCP. But there's, there is a potential here that if, if all these things kind of come together, then there, there might be something there. The only negative is obviously LeBron is a year older every year he plays. And AD is kind of the the missing link, if you will, that is this going to be his year? Is it finally going to be AD's dominant season? There's a very big chance that we might never see it. But at, at 31, there's still a chance. Maybe one more year, maybe two more years from now. So I'm hoping that this is the year that AD at least plays 70 to 75 games with the with in terms of solidifying his dominance by either uh, being the top defensive player in the league, which he should have been uh, when they did win the championship, or a a real a very very realistic MVP for, for uh, of the league. It's sad that that that's not there. This guy has that he had that kind of he has that kind of talent. And I don't understand why has he hasn't been able to put it together. But let's see if this is the year. I want to see if this is the year. We all want to see it. And as far as LeBron, you know, LeBron, I don't think the word enigma is is the right word. It's that that one's a little bit more mysterious. So I don't think enigma is the right word. He's I thought the SB speech was stupid. I think I'm going to just keep it simple here. I, I don't know what that was about. I, and, and the fact that I got an alert on my phone about it was was even more puzzling. I'm sitting there, mind, you know, doing my thing, and all of a sudden I get a, a, a message through my score app that LeBron is officially saying he's playing in 20, 2022. I'm sorry, 2023, 2024. I'm going, why am I getting an alert on this? You know? And then I find out he had this speech uh, at the ESPYs, which I didn't watch w- one second of. Uh, everything uh, with these award shows is because I, I didn't even know it was on. To be honest, I didn't even know it was on. And I, and and every one of these shows is about some kind of life-altering idea or life-altering situation. It's like, dude, just get your award, get the f off the goddamn stage. Seriously, it's an ESPY. Who the hell walks around with an SB? Uh, people barely walk around with an Emmy. Maybe an Oscar when it mattered, but you know what I mean. So I don't know. It just his 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 delivery sometimes is it's, it's aggravating. It's very 
just mundane and 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 just it's it's all about like it's 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 the the Rob Van Dam thing, but without the gimmick. Uh, you know, Rob Van Dam is doing a gimmick, whereas LeBron is not. He's he really loves himself. <laughs> I mean, beyond he probably yeah. So, anyways, I I don't. I thought summer league allowed us to. I thought summer summer league summer league allowed us to continue to watch Laker basketball, and I f- I felt like just like I said on playback, I felt like I haven't really had an we haven't really had an off season, but tonight was the last game, and we're gonna have to figure out how to entertain ourselves here in the next two months. <laughs> so we better start putting our thinking caps on and getting going. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But I mean, we, we, um, you know, we've got a lot of uh, love topics to discuss. We've got uh, a season preview. Uh, we've got the uh, NBA in-season tournament preview that uh, the audience is looking for as well. Lakers history coming up with uh, more going back. To the 2017 Summer League, that's probably the magnum opus of the Lakers uh, Summer League. It's just the the embarrassment of riches on that roster, Joe. Um, just unreal. Um, it's going to be fun to relive that. Uh, but we got a lot of content coming up, man. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, I don't see us going anywhere ever. Uh, as long as we're alive and kicking, I think this is going to be... Uh, the forum to know everything. Uh, and it's Henry H is pointing out football is almost here as well. Football, uh, I've been missing football since football ended, which is another another thing where I didn't expect. Usually, I'm burnt out at the end of at football as well. But I'm I'm excited about football. I'm re- I really am. And and uh, yeah, it's just that the these these. Eight weeks are the worst for a sports fan. No, no football, no basketball, baseballs kind of in the dog days. I know I'm not really a big golf and uh, and um, car racing fan, Joe. Not not big on the individual sports per se. So these next eight weeks, it's like a big void, brother. It is, but uh, the Dodgers usually were a, a nice fill in the void. During these times, except I haven't invested as much time in the regular season this year, based off of how how much they flamed out last year. I, I made a conscious effort to not worry about this season, at least in the regular season, and without a pitching staff, basically. Although they did, they did uh, Julio Urias did, did pitch a gem tonight, and Clayton Kershaw is doing his usual maintenance DL stint which is totally understandable, especially the way he's been pitching. He's like our only guy that's really been consistent all year. Uh, that usually would cover the basis. I would be able to, to just watch Dodger games because Dodgers games are every day. I could make something happen there. But How many how many games have you been to live this year so far? Dodger games? Yeah. I've gone to a lot of Padre games. <laughs> I'll probably be there in September. Yeah, I got, I got, I got pissed off. I'll be honest, I got pissed off last year when we won one mother effing game after winning 111 games. I really, really believed that they were going to win it, and they were that was the best team that they've had. 
And the fact that they won one freaking game in the playoffs was just absolutely aggravating. I'm, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm tired of, of, of the stupid tech, you know, just the stupid techniques and standards and whatever the hell that they do over there. It's not working and they keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again. They won't change. It's aggravating to no end. I don't know why there's, it, it goes back to the rants about, you know, there's no consequence for sucking ass in anything anymore. And I'm tired of it. You suck. Look at look at Bruce Bochy. Look what he's done in Texas in three months. Texas would sign the whole free agent crop during the during the offseason and then go what second to last or last. They get a competent manager and now they're in first place in a division with the Houston Astros. How about that? Managing matters, fools, fools, folks. Trying to, I'm I'm slipping on the on the on the. There's some curse words that are trying to sneak out, so I'm trying to hold myself. But it's 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 aggravating when you watch failure, and you can and 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 just they just continue the failure. But anyways, the Lakers, I I'm, I've been I've been ready for the. For the for the Lakers since they lost Game Four uh, in the Western Conference Finals, and it's going to take forever for two months to get done here. But we have a lot to talk about, a lot to diagnose, a lot to predict, and I, I'm looking forward to uh, discussing those details with everyone. Hundred percent. We're not going anywhere. Um, you're watching the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Uh, it's myself, Sean Grice, aka the Magic Man. I'm here alongside my uh, co-host and. Uh, Fast becoming a very good friend and someone I often refer to as a big brother, Mr. Joe Soro. And Joe, of the surprises you saw in Summer League, who would you invite to training camp? Would would you give Figueroa? I would say, I, I, I mean, based off of five minutes of gameplay, I, I know that's kind of, in the moment type. I know it, it seems kind of specious, but I mean, but as far as an invite, yeah. Figueroa. Cause Fudge, he has history with Fudge. the South Bay Lakers. Yeah. Figueroa, Fudge, Hodge, those guys definitely get an invite. Uh, the Lakers are, are just too stacked roster wise at the moment. Once they get their starting or backup center here, we're, we're, we're even going to be even tighter. They have the luxury of a lot of young players on this team, minus LeBron. AD, to me, is still a young player, even though he's been in the league for uh, what will be his 13th season, I believe. No, 12th season? Uh, he came in in 2012. So I don't know. I, I it's, it's, it, What's good is there's, there's some potential there. There's a few guys out there that might be able to show something. Uh, Cole Swider, uh, we're, we're pretty much in uh, – on the same boat in that he probably won't return. I think we've seen enough from him. I don't know if we're going to be able to, I don't think he's going to be able to bring anything out that would be, that that would warrant a, a camp invite for a possible roster spot, unless he all of a sudden decides to play defense or something like that, or hit 45% from threes. But I see, I see some of the, the guys that have just kind of come on board, get a little bit of a shot, see what they can do uh, between now and training camp. And then at that point, we can uh, we can kind of evaluate what they might be able to do for us in a year. I think that's really what it's going to be because I don't think 
I don't think we're going to really use anybody, even if they play really, really well. I just don't. I just don't see it. I don't. I don't see them playing well enough to to be the the the, the two you, or, or, you, or guys on the roster. Do you even see Swider hanging on to that two way, or do you think that's? I don't think so because I think his the way he plays, he's looking for his shot. And while that's a good thing, you have to make the shot consistently. If you're not making that shot and you're not playing any defense, and if you don't believe me, you can just watch tonight's game. Absolutely, you might as well just have literally been a turnstile. He doesn't play; mm-hmm. defense. he plays a very individual game, and it's not—it's not that type of game where he gets a little bit better because he's got better talent around him. Uh, it's, it's just not, he, he, you need to make the shot. If you don't make that shot, you don't really have any value. I mean, look at D'Angelo Russell, him not making a shot, a guy that talented, him not making a shot for four games in the Western conference finals. Look how bad he looked. And that guy is really good. That guy was, mm-hmm. so there's really no shot for, for Swider, uh, in my opinion on this roster. And as far as the other guys, Guys like Hodge, guys like Fudge. You know, Fudge has the athleticism. He could develop into something where he could be kind of a uh, an athletic type player. I don't know necessarily if if I, I was kind of intrigued about him because of his athleticism. A couple of the blocks that he made during during the summer league were were those kind of those Vando type defensive plays during the, the during our run. But that's all it is. <laughs> Personal. <laughs> You need to be versatile in the NBA. Uh, you can't really be a one-trick pony unless you're able to control the uh, opposing defense in that they can't leave you alone. Then you you do have a purpose beyond just making shots. Well, by making shots, you, you create other issues for the oppos- opposition. But if you don't play defense and you're not really making your shot, they're just going to say, okay, well, we'll just leave this guy open, and, and and he'll likely miss, you know, one of three or two of three anyway, so we'll be okay. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, 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 it's not too difficult to kind of analyze it. It's it, 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 The players will tell you how good they are and if they have any worth. Oh, yeah, <laughs> 100%. But at the same time, uh, I completely agree with you. I mean, not, <clears throat> the, not only has the style of play changed, but the amount of responsibility you're expected to take on has increased as well. It's just not enough to be 3 and D anymore, Joe. It used to be five years ago, 3 and D players, regard, regardless of any other uh, um, accrued skill, could get 20, 25 minutes. Now, you better be able to put the ball on the floor or you better be able to facilitate or you better be able to do something else other than those two skills to get time on the floor. It's just that's the nature of the game we're at. Spacing is at a complete premium in the NBA. There's nothing more valuable in the NBA anymore than space. Space is, is, is important, and shot-making is more important now than ever before. And to add on top of that, shot-making from anywhere. I'm even talking about deep out of the three-point range. We have 
players, and if you guys didn't notice it, I don't know, I might have been, might have been the only one. Because have you noticed that guys are making these three-quarter shots, half-court shots, deep three shots in, in bunches now? Uh-huh. They are actually making those shots. They're, tr- they're, they're taking those shots. They're practice, practicing those shots. Damian Lillard, Steph Curry get the credit for being those guys, but th- everyone is starting to make those shots. I don't remember. I remember when there would be a buzzer beater once every month, if you're lucky. Now it's like every other game. So everyone's range is beyond comprehension on top of the fact that they can shoot. It's mm-hmm. just down to can you do it under the pressure of the game? There's plenty of guys that can probably make shots all day, every day, more than ever in the NBA when they're in practice, when there's no pressure. But, man, it's the difference between can you do it while there's somebody on your in your face and the pressure of the game and the pressure of the win or loss, of course, where you play as well helps as well. It's a different ball game in that sense in that the range has completely changed. I'd say that's the, that's the big one for me where – there isn't really any any area where people aren't going to make shots. You have to, you have to, and that's where that stress comes in even more. You're talking about constant stress. You can't relax uh, with three seconds left and the team has the ball on the other side of the court. You have to, you have to play D. You have to play D until you make sure that they don't make that shot. And most of them do. Look what Austin Reeves did in the playoffs. Made that half court heave. Went in the halftime and boom, you know, that all the momentum still went into the next half and they ended up closing that sucker out. So, yeah, it's it is a different game, man. It is a different game. There's no doubt. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Putting you on the spot right here. Grade for Rob Polinka for the offseason. That includes free agency and the draft. What would you grade Rob Polinka? And everybody out there in our community, give Polinka a grade and I'll uh, post the comments. Grade is an A- minus right now. And it, it, it'll go to an A if he gets Christian Wood. Even if Christian Wood doesn't pan out, you have given the coach, LeBron, and AD every bit of an arsenal that you can give those guys. It's up to them now. Rob Palenka will not be blamed for any of this if the Lakers don't play well. And that's that's just where you have to sit. If you don't sit there then you don't really know what the hell is going on to me. I mean, you're just either trying to create drama to, to get clicks or to get attention to you, or, or or you don't really understand how basketball is. You don't understand how the system works. There it was no other way to build other than the way you did it. Uh, there just wasn't. 
if you're going to have guys that are making 45 million and 40 million, and then you got to pay another guy 14 and another guy 18, what are you going to do? Oh, the Lakers should have spent 250 million and had a $80 million tax hit. Yeah, come on, get real. It's not, no one wants to do that. Even the uncle Fester across the hall, he's not even wanting to do it. Uh, it's just not uh, Rob did his job. Rob did his job and he's one more acquisition from really doing his job. Now it's up to Darvin Ham. It's up to LeBron to get past his, uh, his mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the greatest one of one of them all or whatever it is. The line is. So like, uh, Jesus Christ that every time I, I, I get, excited about LeBron James and how he plays and what he does. He does stupid things like that speech. I just sit there and I just shake my head. <laughs> He's so not how a all-time great acts. I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's just me. Anyways, it's it's time for the Lakers to come through. It's time for the Gabe Vincents, the D'Angelo Russells. I want to see what Jared Vanderbilt did in the offseason, if he truly wanted to make a difference and go after some big money next year, he comes in with a three-point shot because we know he's going to play good defense. At least give us a good three-point shot, and that could be a, a world of difference. And if Max Christie is a rotational player that plays well, that's an added bonus to not having to worry about signing somebody this summer that we needed because we already had him in-house. Austin Reeves, if he if he's going to improve, Darvin Ham put a little bit of a uh, a carrot in front of him. Hey, this guy could be an All Star. I was like, whoa, really? All Star? If Austin Reeves becomes an All Star, <laughs> and LeBron and AD are playing managed minutes and are healthy. They are by far the best team in the NBA, and I don't see anyone beating the Lakers. You know what, Joe? I'm a little worried about that. I got to be honest with you, because he's playing in the uh, FIBA World Championships. If I was Rob Palinka, I'd be uh, telling Steve Kerr, just point blank, he only plays 25 minutes at the most. A night. I don't want my guy overworked. You got 14 of the best players in the world. You don't need to burn out him, burn out our guy. And I'm sure they, they have those conversations where the the you know, depending on, on the night, whoever's hot, I mean they're hot, you're hot for your country. I get it. But it's about the big club. I, I know it's important to represent your country, but he's gotta think about the 82 games he puts on that Laker uniform. So that's – that's I'm worried that Team USA might go over their skis with Austin Reeves just based on all the hype and the pump he's been getting. But I, hopefully I'm wrong about that. But as we uh, as we veer into uh, another another lane, Joe, before we go, we got to talk about Darvin Ham's uh, interview. I'm not sure if you had a chance to listen to it. But uh, he was talking with uh, Mark Stein and Chris Haynes. Did you have a ch chance to listen to what he had to say? I did not. Okay. 
So there were there was a myriad of uh, topics that were brought up. Obviously, LeBron coming back was uh, took up uh, a lot of the oxygen in the room. Him talking about the rotations and uh, Austin Reeves was huge. Here's what he said about Austin Reeves, Joe. I'm putting it on record right now. Austin Reeves will be an all-star at some point soon. I think what you saw with him being invited to be a part of the World Cup team is the first step in that direction. Everything you saw him do last year, the kid is a flat-out competitor, one of the greatest human beings you could ever be around, always fun, keeps things simple, but yet works at his craft. Is he fearless in the biggest moments? Yes, and my plan is continue to feature him. He's our starting two guard, and I think there's a lot more levels he's going to get before it's all said and done. He's he'll be an all star and a world champion with me in that room. So he's already he's already put it on point. He's our starting two guard, and he's going to be an all star. You just said you see Austin Reeves becoming an all star soon. So it looks like you and him do the same thing, Joe. No, I said uh, that's what Darvin Ham said he was. Well, that's what I'm saying he is. I don't know about being an all-star. You you have he to play, have... he played like an all-star in the playoffs. But for the record, he would have made an all-star team had he played like that. If Austin Reeves is an all-star this year, the Lakers are the best team in the NBA. If 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 LeBron and ADR are healthy. That's there's no doubt. You would you would have a third star that you were waiting to look at and get and you already have him on on the team. And then you have fillers and, and role players that all know their roles. That's going to be the key for Darvin Ham. Can you convince these guys? And and D'Angelo Russell's already shown that he's a team player already just by doing little things like taking the, the contract that he took and uh, uh, waiving his no trade clause. He may, he's making it easy for everyone. I, I don't I don't I don't see any reason why um, he won't be starting again. I'd be very surprised if he wasn't possible but i don't think so i think gabe vincent is fine whether he starts or whether he's a sixth man i don't think gabe vincent really cares whether he starts or not he said as much i uh the, the way it looks right now if if you had to play off of what darvin ham's habits are we're gonna see a starting lineup of d'angelo russell austin reeves lebron james rui hachimura and anthony davis uh, the hope is we sign a Christian Wood, and he starts at center. AD's at the power forward, and you move Rui to the bench. And then you have D'Angelo, Austin, and LeBron as the perimeter players. LeBron can go back to his point forward role where he can conserve energy instead of distributing the ball and handling the, the, the ball handling and killing more energy as the game goes on. But we're going to need Austin Reeves to be a little bit faster and a little bit more of a threat on the offensive end so that he can open up the offense not only for the two stars, but also hopefully the guys like Christian Wood who can shoot for a big man, which will help. That's a that's really one of the big things with that guy and why I want him on the Lakers. And then you have the yeah. answer, who if he can at least – cover our rear ends in the regular season. If he wants to play
play mediocre ball in the playoffs and everyone else is playing lights out, that's fine. But we need him in the regular season to take up a lot of that, those minutes that LeBron doesn't have to deal with so that he can be the scoring punch that we need to win games. And um, another excerpt from the interview that was uh, obviously newsworthy is uh, Haynes brought up Michael Malone, Joe. <laughs> okay. Let me reiterate this and then you can go on real quick. I did not listen to the interview. I got snippets of it. So I know what's going on. Go ahead. All right. I know the meat of it. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So Chris Haynes just uh, he asked an open-ended question. Mike Malone did a lot of celebrating. Oh, wow. You're going to bring up Money Mike. Man, the Lakers' daddy? That's what they call him now, the Lakers' daddy. Haynes says, I guess you could talk when you win a championship. And all Darvin Ham said, and you gotta you gotta see his face, Joe. You gotta watch this. He said, God bless his soul. This shit ain't over. God bless his soul. Yeah, Mike Malone, I thought would be enough of an igniter to get the boys rolling, but apparently that it didn't. And that's one of the things I don't like about the modern NBA is somebody could talk smack. And I'm not talking about Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks has no room. That's like a gnat. That's just flying around. You could just slap it around him. It's gone. But this, this Mike Malone's mouth should have been enough to ignite the Lakers to playing a little bit better towards the end of games. But that's that's where that that leadership type stuff needs to come in handy. Where you know, how do you pump up your team as a player or as a coach? Those are the things that that ignite. Uh, competitive athletes, the nobody believed in me crowd, right? Well, I would have loved to have seen Darvin Ham or LeBron throw some, Mike Malone thinks you guys are his sons or whatever, something like that, because he was bothering me for a while. But no, well, he, he, he was, he was, bo- he was bothered by the attention that we got. Yeah. Well, that's, first of all, it's, this is a, for, and 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 the seventy-five and, year backlog history of the NBA. We have seventeen NBA World Championships. You guys just won your first one. You guys were from the ABA. You guys had lost every series up until this year. And also, no one gives two craps about the Denver Nuggets, even with you winning. Okay. No, I. I I could I could say that as as proof because I went on the NBA store today and their hat their championship hat that was selling for fifty dollars is now selling for eighteen just just as example when the lake when if that was a Lakers or a Celtics that hat would still be fifty dollars guaranteed gonna leave it at that but. We're we're going to we're going to find out, Joe. If uh, see, here's the thing, man. You remember when you brought home your report card and you got a couple A's on there? You were like, "Yeah, I got a couple A's." And then you find out, well, some people get A's all the time on the regular. So we're going to see Denver this year. You're now 
the one being chased. You gonna bring your A game? Not so sure, Joe. Not so sure. No, I, I, I'm gonna stand by what I said. A few after they had won, they are likely going to be the 2011 Mavericks. They will win one title and they will compete to a degree, but I don't see them being a force. Everyone thinks or says, oh, this is just the beginning. No, it's not just the beginning. You guys are going to get really, really, really relaxed. And you can see it in their number one player. The number one player wanted to go and he wanted to go almost, it looked like he wanted to go old yeller after the series was over. He was spent. Uh, A champion is a champion. But a multiple champion or a great champion never satisfied. Never. They want to win more. They go take a little bit of a break. They come back a month later. This guy wanted to go herd sheep, go shoot the geese, whatever the hell they do, they do over there in uh, Slovenia or Croatia or Yugoslavia, whatever they call themselves over there now. Um, every day it changes. It's, it's just... I don't I don't see them repeating what they just did. If they do, I would be very, very surprised. Mike Malone's energy is is not an energy that usually lasts, especially when it becomes when it comes to a head coach. He is celebrating very, very similarly to when Paul Pierce won a championship. They mm-hmm. could giggling and laughing and talking smack, and then they never saw a, a title again. And that's likely what you're going to see here. And D- Dallas, I use Dallas as an example because they kind of had a similar team where everybody just kind of played perfect at the perfect time. They have a, uh, an all time, uh, they have a big that, 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 that's the best player on their team. And they were also on that path that where they, they, they finally beat the Lakers in the playoffs. It's just eerily similar to me. Your relevance even more is the fact that you beat the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, you beat the Lakers. That actually is is bigger than even the win against Miami. Miami looked like, and this is this is the part where we got to get better at this. There's always a way to get better, and even this this last week when we're discussing, you know, certain 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 people in the chat rooms and how they were against some of the stuff we said. And some of that became legitimate because you, you, you look back on, on, on some of the work that we've done and it looked lackluster. Sometimes you need to get slapped in the face. Sometimes you get lazy. You get kind of into what you're just the basics of what you're doing. You can't do that. You got to get better. Your speech has to get better. Your delivery has to get better. Your, your topics have to get better. Otherwise, what are you doing? You're going to end up like Brian Windhorst crying about everything all the time. That's dangerous, and that's something I was doing for for about a week or two. And maybe it was just a hangover from the season. I know sometimes that happens. You're just sitting there, you're like, ugh, 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 what are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about the com- the upcoming season now. We're going to talk about the realities, what's going to happen here. And hopefully we can solidify this roster here in the next few weeks and then really delve into what is – what it's really going to take for the Lakers to, because we've hinted at the, the basics. What are they really going to have to do when we see the schedule and how they're going to plan that out? That is the part that I can't wait for. When we get the schedule, now we can plan out how that those road trips work out at the beginning of the year. Is it going to be home heavy at the beginning of the year? Is it going to be road heavy? Can we come out to a good start so that you don't have to 
give up to or uh, use so much energy during the first, the beginning of the year or the middle of the year or whatever. You know, those things are going to be fun to, to analyze and go over. 100%. Uh, I'm just looking for the, uh, yeah. So it says somewhere between August 16th and 20th is when the schedule will be released. So yeah, Joe, when that comes out, that'll be instantaneously analyzed by uh, every Hooper around. So as we head out, Joe, any final thoughts about uh, the Lakers Summer League and uh, what you're looking forward to or any final thoughts? If I had to go with one thing, because that's really all that ma- that matters, is I we saw Max Christie uh, improve to the point where he didn't look like he belonged in Summer League due to him being too talented for it. That's a good thing. We did discuss that Max Christie would have liked he played more had they not had so much pressure to finish out the season and get in the playoffs. So we're not going to have to worry about th- that on this. We're, we've saw, we saw enough in his, uh, in his play where we think we're, we think he is going to be a rotational player. And I'm looking forward to seeing how well he develops as the season progresses as well. He could be a triple part. He could be a huge part in, in making this team from a, five seed to a three seed that's that's how much impact he can have because he does have uh certain skill sets that they absolutely need and if he can come through on that oh it's it's going to be very 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 good and uh kurt we always love kurt it's one of our uh regulars now shout out to kurt great question uh who do you guys think will be the most improved team in the east and the west Joel, have you go first. Most improved team is going to definitely be Oklahoma City. And they still have something where they can really improve. And that is acquiring a veteran that could put this together for them, i.e. someone like Pascal Siakam. I understand that the draft picks are nice to have, but that's what they're for right now. And Masai is... Danny Ainge Jr. He's gonna want to pillage, or otherwise he's not gonna do anything. So if Oklahoma, he's becoming, he's becoming like the nutcracker of negotiators to the NBA. It's weird because I don't see Ainge as a GM. I don't see him as obnoxious. I just see him as Danny Ainge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Masai is an obnoxious person. Like he's just it it it, it spews off him. And sometimes confidence can and cockiness. Well, what it is is what it is. He's living way. off that 2019 title, and you can tell he hangs his hat on that. He probably goes home and looks at the decal that he put in his bathroom window or or mirror, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm the one who did that." No, it wasn't you who really did it. It was Popovich. Popovich sent sent Kawhi as far as he could so he could tell everyone to eat it and Kawhi. It just so happened that he went to the perfect place at that time because they only needed Kawhi Leonard to win a title and Durant getting injured. But anyways, um, Oklahoma City for sure, for sure, will be the most improved team in the West even now because I think Minnesota and New Orleans are going to crash bad. And it might be worse in Minnesota because at this point in New Orleans – it's expected that Zion is going to pull a 
tendon in his uh, foot or finger, and he'll be out for three weeks. No, I, I, I think what what is happening here is that uh, eventually OKC is going to have to live with the fact that um, they're going to have to win some games in order to try and keep uh, SGA at home, Joe. Like, he does not – you can tell in his body language that guy does not like to lose. And I'm with you. I'm with you. I can't I – can't, that was going to be my pick. So, me and Joe are in uh, in agreement. The, the Thunder will be the most improved team in the West. In the East, if I had to pick one team – That'll make the biggest jump to me. It'd be the Indiana Pacers. Um, to me, the the Pacers are loaded uh, too deep at every position. Um, I would just because I'm I'm biased and shout out to my uh, my Haitian brother from another mother, Benedict Matherin. I unfortunately because the Pacers signed Bruce Brown, I don't think he's going to start, but I think he should. What Indiana has in uh, Therese Halliburton. Walker, Miles Turner, Benedict Matherin, Bruce Brown, they've got they go seven deep. You probably go ten deep during the regular season. Very good team. I expect them to win at least mid forties. So to me, they they make the biggest jump. I could go with that one. Uh, I do think that if I know this is going to sound weird, but I'd be very interested in seeing what happens if uh, Dame goes to Miami. Miami was in the finals, and if they keep the core and they get Dame, there's a very good chance that they could end up winning it all. And that that right there is an improvement based off of them losing in the finals. And really, they looked like they didn't even belong in the finals. And, and it, it goes to show you how how mediocre the East is. And this was a year where I thought their top three were tight. I thought Boston, Milwaukee, and 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 Philly were, other than Denver, they were they were second three and four, two three and four, but they looked like trash. I think even the Lakers would have beat Miami handedly. They would have beat Boston, would have beat Philly. Lakers lost the championship in the Western Conference Finals. I think they would have dusted anybody in the in the East, and that that's that 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 goes a long way considering the Lakers were just a few games away from not making the play in. There is a little bit of me saying that maybe Atlanta might be the little dark horse. That's going to depend on Trey Young. I do, I do think they have a better coach for sure in Quinn Snyder. And if Trey Young is in tune with Quinn Snyder and they're team play does what it needs to do, then I see them improving, I'd say, in terms of being on a little bit lower and then going up to a, a place where it could be maybe a four seed. Yeah, I think, you know, as far as movement goes, the, the, they're one of the teams there. I think a lot of people feel that um, Atlanta, and we'll talk about this down the road because I think Gerald said he wanted to do, you know, basically a, a grade special on, on the league after the off season, but it will Philly is not going to be as good as they were last year. Joe, I don't care if everybody does come back. It's that, that just, that's a dysfunctional mess underneath uh, what looks like a, a stable organization. 
So I think you're right. Either one of the teams like Atlanta or Cleveland would be a top three to me and would bump Philly out. One of those two teams. Philly. Philly is going to be, in my estimation, especially if they trade James Harden, they're, they're going to be the one that dropped down. And that has also a lot to do with the fact that Joel Embiid will have the result uh, I should say uh, comfortable itis like uh, the Denver Nuggets. Joel Embiid won his MVP. Joel Embiid, and I'd say this to his face, cares about MVP more than winning a championship. And of course, he'd come back and start yelling and, "Who the hell are you? Who do you? What do you know?" And you know, get defensive. And the next response to that would be, "Hit a nerve, hit a target." I'm not saying that because I'm sitting in my room hoping that what it, that's what it is. It's your actions is what said it. And your actions and this diatribe, this, I don't know, were they in a cafeteria talking about it? I don't know what the hell they were, lunchroom, talking about an MVP. They're a competitive team to go win a championship. They are, they have a good shot at winning. There was no discussion of that. It was me, 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 my MVP, a freaking one, an MVP. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Hakeem Olajuwon won an MVP. Like, you act like you're the only guy in the history of whatever your brain is going to that you won an MVP. Like, what are you talking about? Go win a championship. Win a championship. That's your job. If I'm a Philly fan, I'm sitting there going, what are you talking about? So... To me, we got to keep, we got to hold these guys accountable because they talk out of both holes and I'm, and it gets tiring. Win the games, win a championship, or at least show us that you care about the fact that you need to win, win a championship. If you don't win a championship, it's okay. There are plenty of great players that tried their best. They couldn't, they couldn't do it. And there's a difference versus someone who's always worried about their own thing. I'm tired of listening to the, I don't know what it is with Daryl Morey and whatever team he's on, but those guys all think about MVPs. Why? <laughs> it's a – I watched Carl Malone, and Carl Malone is great, guys, and I watched Charles Barkley, and he's great. Win an MVP in 1993 and 1997 when Michael Jordan was in his prime. No one should have won an MVP in that time other than Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant lost three MVPs. Two to Steve Nash, one to LeBron in a year where Kobe shot seven game winners. Seven, not one, not two, not three, not four, seven. What's more valuable than that? Shaq won one MVP. One. Shaq won the most dominant player in the last 50 years. So I don't know. Just win just show us you want it you want to win on the court. Don't don't stop talking. Like these guys talk too much. <laughs> it seems like what a lot of them do. It you know what a lot of it is, Joe? It's it's a lot of self-projection. That's what it is. And Bede likes to talk about I me. Like you talked about LeBron saying that in the context of of basketball, I think they're they're 
two different minds because LeBron um, is more of a facilitator on the court, as we know. So the I, me stuff, it's secondary on the court. I think it's just the opposite with Embiid. I think if Embiid can't be the hero, he doesn't want to even be on the court. And this is not new, guys. This is how these guys are, right? They're the, this is the difference between winning a championship and not winning a championship. But there's talk that we the the, the hypocrisy. It's just hypocrisy, and, and it happens everywhere, every day, everywhere I go. And sports, it's easy to, to pick on the movie stars and the and the athletes because they're public and you see them on TV. But this isn't something that's just on those guys. These guys are a dime a dozen all all around you. And they don't get called out enough. Right away, they get defensive. And that's how you know, guys. It's a little, te- little uh, knowledge of life, okay? When, 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 when you know that there's something weird going on and you call someone out on it, the first thing they'll do usually is criticize you for stuff that you don't do right. I'm like, look, I said I nothing to do. I'm talking about you. You did this. You did it. You said it. I'm not saying anything. No. Like, what, what does that have to do with me? And that's how you know. That's how you know that they, they're conscious of the fact that they do those type of things. What's, gonna, what's going to change next season? What team is going to ascend? Well, you look at Shea Gilgis-Alexander and you said something like, you're going to have to pry him out. You're going to have to pry that ball out of his dead, cold fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to be, really. You're supposed to want to play. You're supposed to want to win. I want to see more of that. And we've got uh, we've got some exciting stuff that could be coming here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, me and Joe have almost been on here for an hour and a half. I got to say, that's, that's really, really quite impressive. Uh, eat your heart out, Gerald. We actually made through a show without, um, you know, you know, Gerald, you know what we're talking about. Anyway, Lakers Summer League ends on a sour note, but on the plus side, look, they've got four young guys who've got a lot of potential. Each has uh, some flaws, but what what great art, you know, they used to say all great artwork is misunderstood at first, right? So it's, it's this painting isn't done. These guys aren't finished developing. You're not a finished product at 20 or 21 as a basketball player or a human being. And we wish them well. Hopefully everybody's healthy for training camp. So with that, I'm going to leave it there. Me and Joe Soro are going to take the night off. Uh, everybody, enjoy it. Uh, we're going to have the Lakerholics on tomorrow afternoon. So everybody tune in. Please like and subscribe. Give Jamie and Tom all the support we can. I know I'll be uh, watching as well. And with that, we'll say goodnight, everybody, from the Lakers Fast Break. 